Hello and welcome to Wandercast, the podcast all about life and luxury, travel, and everything in between. I am Tiz Cavetza, Marketing Manager for Wanderlux Destinations, and I'm joined today by Tara D'Agostino, Owner and Managing Director of Wanderlux, and our very special guest, Jessica Gaskell, who happens to be Tara's sister and mom to Joey, our Wanderlux warrior. Nice to have you both here today again. Hello. Hello. Nice to be back. <laughs> okay. It's so great to have you. And um, actually, Tara and I had just mentioned uh, a while ago that we wanted to have another episode kind of devoted to our Wanderlux Warrior Initiative and to Joey and to bring you back on. So thank you, because I know your life is always all over the place, Jessica. So thanks for taking time with us uh, today to <laughs> kind of go through it. But I think a good way to kind of lead in um, for listeners of our podcast and followers on our socials, they probably are familiar already with with the initiative as well as just with Joey and his journey um, through uh, childhood cancer. But would you mind, uh, Tara, kind of just going over like what, how we came to kind of develop this Wanderlux Warrior Initiative and then... Um, Jessica, if you want to just give us a little background on, you know, his diagnosis, uh, just summarize everything up until this point. Yeah, sure. So when I founded Wanderlux Destinations, it was always important for me to do something in philanthropy and to give back. And I had gone through so many different initiatives and, and many of them spoke to me. One in particular, I was really looking at doing water. But at the end of the day, I really felt like, oh, my gosh, the initiative that I want to support is literally right under my nose. And it's with my very, very brave nephew, Joey, and honestly, my very, very brave sister and her husband as well, as they've been so courageous in this path that Joey has been going down. So that's really how the Wanderlux Warrior was established and I'm really proud to be supporting their cause and so many people have been following Joey's story and you know just a quick little thing I was at Ellie Miami a couple of weeks ago and there were advisors that I had never met but they followed you know, Wanderlux, and all of them said, oh, I've donated to Joey's initiative, or I love, you know, following and seeing what's happening with him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you don't think it's impactful, but then you're like, oh my gosh, I've never met you before. And, and you're, you're following this. And it's like really become something that's very close to your heart. So that was like, a real moment, you know, That's a couple awesome. weeks ago. Yeah. 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 And that is incredible to see just the feedback that we get when we do share those posts about Joey. Um, there's a lot of love and support. And again, just um, I think if you can kind of give information to just one person and it clicks and maybe help somebody uh, with their own journey, then I think, you know, we've done our, we've done our job as far as like helping to shed light on um, childhood cancer. But Jessica, the last time we recorded was fall of 2021. And I know a lot's happened since then. Um, mm -hmm. But before we get to that, if you want to just give like when, um, what led up to Joey's diagnosis, when he was diagnosed, and just a little uh, summary of kind of what this little guy's been through. Yeah, so um, he was diagnosed in October of 2018. He was 18 months old. Um, about a month before that is when we, I would say we started noticing symptoms. Um, he had a lot of bruising, very lethargic. Um, 
he had a what we now know as a petechiae rash, which is just little red pin dots going up his leg. Um, he passed out a few times from what we now know was low hemoglobin, which is, you know, how the oxygen runs through your body, through your blood. So um, lots of very random symptoms, um, but all, you know, leading to the diagnosis of acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Um, and then, you know, since then there's been tons of ups and downs and I know we'll talk more in depth about everything. Um, but then, you know, the, the kind of biggest thing, um, was when he relapsed, um, in February of 2021, um, just before he was supposed to be done with treatment. He was about two weeks out from being done with treatment. And we found out that he, um, relapsed in his central nervous system. Um, so in his spinal fluid, they found some leukemia cells. Um, and then he, you know, since then has been in treatment for, um, you know, relapsed leukemia, very intensive chemo. He had cranial radiation, um, but, you know, he is back in maintenance chemo and overall doing well. Um, and, you know, we're just looking forward to nine months from now being done with all of this, hopefully. <laughs> I remember what you had said um, the last time we spoke was just how sneaky leukemia is mm -hmm. and that it kind of finds places to hide. And that's why it's like he gets um, these frequent spinal taps and all of those um, different testing because it it can kind of just be somewhere. And uh, as far as like his relapse is concerned, I'm sure it was very devastating to your family um, to have that news. But as uh, cranial radiation, mm -hmm. like what's that like? How did that? Um, just me personally, I, I I'm. When you say central nervous system, it's very scary sounding. Right. <laughs> right. So when you're relapsing and it's in the central nervous system, that sounds to me like very scary. But like, what exactly is that for people maybe who are not very familiar with it? Yeah. So um, cranial radiation targets the brain, um, which is often where leukemia hides. And that's probably where his leukemia was hiding when he did relapse. Mm. Um you know, there's so many different little crevices in your brain for, for these leukemia cells to just hide out, camp out, and just, you know, go unnoticed. Um, and, you know, as devastating as it was for us to find out that he relapsed, it really was good timing in a sense, because had we not discovered it at his, what was supposed to be his last lumbar puncture um, or spinal tap, um, you know, who knows when we would have discovered it because, it's not as symptomatic when it's happening in, in the brain and when it's happening in the central nervous system as it is when it's developing in the bone marrow. So in a way, you know, it was kind of a best case scenario type thing, as crazy as that sounds mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that they had found effective um, in treatment of relapsed leukemia just in, in the, the central nervous system was a delayed cranial radiation. So basically he went through a year of intensive chemo. So about every three to four weeks, well, it started off with a 30 day hospital stay to get him back in remission, which that was successful. Um, and then about every three to four weeks, he was inpatient again, um, getting some sort of high dose chemo. Um, it alternated between two main ones. And then the weeks in between, he was getting outpatient chemo or on oral chemo, or, you know, sometimes he would get a break. It would just kind of depend at what stage of treatment we were in. Mm -hmm. um, and then at that year mark post, um, you know, relapse diagnosis, he started the cranial radiation. And it was 
it was a very scary thing going into it um, because it was a whole new world for us. Joey had never gotten radiation and the thought of radiation to his brain was just like terrifying. Yeah. Um, And so it actually went pretty smooth. I mean, he didn't really have a ton of crazy effects from it. I'd say it was probably an easier part of treatment. Um, but what's scary about the the radiation to the brain is that we don't really know what the effects are going to be. Um, it's something that we probably won't see for a few years, um, and it's going to affect the white matter in his brain. So his executive functioning, um, mm-hmm. organizing, planning, stuff like that is mm-hmm. where it's really going to be um, something that we probably see in our you know, trying to be proactive as we can to to help that in the future. And it's not that he's going to not be able to do things or not be able to learn, but we just have to figure out how his brain is specifically going to work to get him through all of this. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Do they put in place like, you know, OT or, or something where they are working on those um, skills? Yeah, so right now he is in OT. Um, actually, right before he got his cranial radiation, we did some... Um, neurocognitive um, testing mm-hmm. and we went through the neuropsychologist um, through Akron Children's Hospital which is where he's treated and they did about a four hour testing on him um, and then they, we did some questionnaires that we had to mm-hmm. um, as parents like just share what he can and can't do um, and from that point they they gave us a diagnosis of, let me see if I can get this right. Cause I don't have it pulled up in front of me. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm familiar with the I process, know. but no, I remember I read the report and it went on and on and on and on. And I'm like, just get me to the point of where it says what he's diagnosed. With. I know, I know, I know. They're lengthy. Now I'm like, oh, I need to like pull it up. I should have had that up. So I oh, sorry. See. You know what? But, don't don't stress it. We can go back to that. But I was okay. just curious as, as whether or not they're like, like you said, you're just being prepared because there is a because they don't really know. So you're just you're just being proactive. So he is yes. an OT. There are things that are doing to help support him and continue on his developmental path. That's yes. really um. It's, so don't don't worry about the official um, <laughs> diagnoses, but um, but he's 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 moving and shaking with with all the right people. That's yeah that's yeah. It. So he started OT. Um, he's in PT, and then he we actually already met with um his his team for school because he'll be starting kindergarten in the fall, and we met with the school psychologist, the special ed director, um, mm-hmm. the school nurse, the guidance counselor, everyone back in I think March, um, just to kind of go over some of the challenges that Joey might face and, and get him on an IEP to, mm-hmm. again, hopefully just be proactive about that. Yes. Um, so that we can, again, just figure out and, and the best way that Joey is going to learn because we know that it's going to be a little different for most kids. Um, and so we just got to figure out what that is going to look like for him. So, you know, again, just trying to be as proactive as possible and hopefully avoid things that we can. I mean, we can't avoid everything, I'm sure, but you know, trying where we can. And, you know, the best, the best way to figure that out is to actually have them go through it. And then, like you said, you've got your team there and then you just tweak it as you go. So that's a good thing. Well, I'm glad I'm excited. Um, nothing was cuter than seeing him in his little preschool. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's so freaking cute, but like just now he's going off to kindergarten. I mean, um, time is going, going quickly. And I know there's, there's a lot that's going on in his, in his childhood outside of this. And I guess this is kind of really 
probably taken up a lot of his childhood, but it's been so it's been so nice to see him doing things that um, any other child would be doing. And did you want to share that? You know, because I know he was also he was also into little sports recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he um, he you know he's starting kindergarten in the fall. He's so excited for that. Um, he's been able to to get out and do some things because um, he you know he's fully vaccinated for for COVID now. So we've been able to um, get him out there a little bit more because you know COVID added that whole other layer yeah. of isolation for people you know with with compromised immune systems. So um, it's been nice to finally kind of feel like we have a little bit of a life again. Um, he is doing ninja classes. <laughs> which he absolutely loves um, at my, my friend's gym. And basically it's just like a, a tumbling class for little boys. Um, and he, oh, I is, love it. he is loving it. Um, so he's been, been doing that. And then he also started T-ball, um, which now the season is over. Um, T-ball was, you know, hit or miss for him because he because of everything he's been through he has a lot of leg pain so Mm. um there were days that he maybe sat out a little bit for some of the games but he always was there to support his team loved being around other kids um you know considering everything he's been through he's actually a really social quick kid and how isolated he's been so he's been loving being able to to be with with you know, peers his age and just make friends. And actually one of our neighbors was on his team. So we got to know them and like, they've gotten to play now. So, you know, it's just been nice to, to again, like feel like we're living life a little bit again, and hopefully we can keep moving in that direction. Oh, absolutely. And I was just thinking that as well, like those, even if he's sitting out, he's still wearing the uniform. It's a social, it's a social experience for him. And, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a little bit of, you know, a typical childhood experience, which Mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. And even when we were meeting with the neuropsychologist and the team at school, we were like, what can we do over the summer to get him ready for school? And they were like, honestly, get him out there and get him socializing with kids his age. Mm -hmm. Um, More than anything, like that is what they, you know, recommended. So we, uh, we've been trying to do just that. I have to tell you just from my own personal experience, learning in the natural environment, just those just regular everyday things Mm -hmm. those are sometimes most impactful than you know just sitting behind a desk and kind of drilling things you know yeah um so that's good to know but um as far as like you just shed a little light on his um maintenance um so he's still in maintenance correct correct yeah so maintenance maintenance is a year long it started on march 29th well it's 50 weeks so just under a year um so he'll be done like mid-march of 2023 so one of the things that we kind of um talked about the last episode um was just kind of like public perception i know tara you had kind of said that a lot of people say well it's it's you know childhood cancer there's a better chance of surviving he'll be okay um it's just leukemia or you know just kind of this down play situation yeah kind of those those things and also just this whole thing with the misconception of maintenance like maintenance means that you're good but I know like he's had some he's had some ups he's had some great you know um you know up everything's been okay but then there's some periods where things are not good Mm -hmm. and I know like getting a port removed or getting bacterial infections these are like really big setbacks for him and physically physically the weight of this physically on his little body, you know what I mean? I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that. And then there's the emotional toll as parents. So I think 
there's a lot there. And I would love um, to just kind of bring a little slice of reality to that too, because maintenance doesn't mean that you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of even where to start with all that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, overall he is doing well um, and we're grateful for that, of course, but we, you know, and, and him, he will be dealing with lifelong effects from this. So even though, you know, technically our hospital trips are only once a month now for chemo and, and then he has diagnostic spinal taps every three months to just make sure the cancer's away. Um, he's still taking daily oral chemo. He's still taking a chemo, additional chemo orally once a week. Um, and he still has a compromised immune system. Um, while maintenance is a chance for him to you know, start living a little more normal life um, and, and hopefully build his strength and, and work on just being better, there's still a lot of things that can happen throughout that. So as you mentioned, um, he just had a port infection, which his port, his little port lasted three and a half years. It had a great run. Um, but in true Joey fashion, he had to pull like some craziness and, <laughs> um, you know, do something that was like so rare that they had to consult with other hospitals. Um, but he did have a very slow growing, um, bacteria in his port that was found and, um, it's not tuberculosis, but it's in the same family of bacteria that tuberculosis, um, is in. And so it's, it's slow growing. So we caught it super fast. You would have never even known that he had a port infection because he was acting totally normal. We just happened to take him in. He had a cold. He had, um, virus, which is like the common cold and Mm -hmm. he spiked a fever. And every time he spikes a fever, he has to get blood cultures taken just to make sure there's no infection. Mm -hmm. Um, and this bacteria, slow growing bacteria grew for, you know, two and a half weeks later, we got a call. Hey, we got to, we got to get Joey in. Um, and since then he's been on antibiotics and they were like, well, we're going to draw another culture and see what's going on. Um, and just make sure this is a true positive. The bacteria grew again. So, um, he, he had the emergency surgery to get it removed. Um, and then at home, we've been lucky, you know, to be able to come home. Um, but he, we've had to do antibiotics through his IV. So he has a line at home that we do three times a day, every eight hours. So our life kind of revolves around that right now. Um, he also has two oral antibiotics that he's taking on top of that. So one is twice a day and one is once a day. So in total, he has six doses of antibiotics that he has to take now on top of his daily oral chemo, on top of his neurotin, which is the medication that deals with his neuropathy, which is a cause for, mm-hmm. which is caused from treatment. Um, and it's nerve pain throughout his body that he's been dealing with. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot that people don't think about. They see him, they see him smiling and looking healthy and he really does look awesome. Um, but there's just so much behind the scenes that I think people forget about that, that we're And that was surgery, with. right? The, that port removal. Oh yeah. Surgery. Because when I saw him, he was holding it, wasn't he? When I saw that, I said, wow, I can't even imagine this like being placed. You know what I mean? There's like so many layers to this um, that, I mean, I give it to him or anybody that's really going through that. And as a parent as well, like it's just, you know, it's probably nerve wracking, but that is surgery. So that Mm -hmm. is not just like, hey, you know. Um, just pulling a bandaid off. It's like a big thing. Oh yeah. uh, I mean, his port goes into his major artery. So like he, 
it's it's pretty big surgery. He, I mean, he handled it like a champ, but yeah, he had to have surgery twice within within about a month. That's horrible. Was it painful for him afterward, um, having the port put back in? He was a little sore. It wasn't too terrible. Um, but he, I'd say for about 48 hours, he complained of, of a little bit of mild pain, but nothing crazy. Um, you know, luckily kids are resilient and they, they handle things much better than, than most adults would. So, well, yeah, I probably so, cause I don't think I'd be able to handle it, but I think <laughs> that, um, but I, I also know that, um, we had talked a little bit before we actually started recording, uh, just about, like you were telling me how steroids are actually part of the chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, treatment. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. But um, if you wanted to just explain a little bit about that and the side effects of that, because I think most people kind of know that it doesn't feel good to be on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on a pretty high dose steroid once a month for five days. Um, at this point, there's been other times where it's been, I mean, month long, week long, two weeks long, it just kind of depends on what stage of treatment he's at. But even just these little bursts of five days of steroids, it's twice a day, it's, it's, relatively high dose, um, it makes him feel terrible. Um, he's just tired, doesn't really want to move, achy. Um, his stomach hurts a lot from them. So right now he's actually on day, what day is this? Four of steroids. So one more day and he woke up today and he was just like, I don't want to do anything. We're supposed to go to his, um, my husband's mom's birthday tonight, just go to dinner at their house. And he's like, I can't go to the birthday party. I feel too Mm -hmm. sick. Um, So, you know, there's still things that he's experiencing that even though, again, the perception is, oh, he's in maintenance. This is great. He's doing well. um, He still has a lot of things that he's dealing with. Um, and, And not just like the steroids and all of that, but again, the after effects of everything. So Mm -hmm. he's in OT once a week, he's in PT once a week, because he's accessed at home, he's in the clinic once a week, getting his bandage changed and his blue cap changed, which is like the part we need to keep really sterile. Um, And so just that alone, we're looking at three appointments a week, at least. And that's not including if anything additional happens or his regular chemo appointments or his exams. Um, So I mean, it's still it's still quite a bit for for all of us to you know, do this. And, and I don't know how long he's going to be in OT and PT and all of that. I mean, it could be for years. So mm-hmm. there's still a lot that goes into it. And I think a lot of people don't realize the lifelong or the years long effects that this treatment, chemo and radiation and all of that has on their little bodies. Absolutely. Especially, you know, these are pivotal developmental years. And, um, you know, the good thing is that for Joey is that he has um, someone like you championing all of that for him. So I'm sure he's getting the very best um, care and supports for him. But I think part of what you just said kind of leads into the next question I had is like how cancer changes the family. Now, Joey's not an only child. He has a little sister. Obviously, there's your husband and there's, you know, family all around it. And there has to be like a ripple effect of all of this. And I don't know if you're comfortable just sharing a little bit about that. But, um, you know, it's it changes everyone. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's. I guess I'll start off with the positives. I mean, it definitely teaches us to live each day to the fullest. And Mm -hmm. I mean, he shows us what it means to be strong and brave every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I often think about, I don't know how he does what he does and still has a smile on his face. Um, So, I mean, he definitely puts things in perspective. Um, 
but also you know there's a lot that goes along with it a lot to unpack and I think you know as we are kind of finally through that intensive year that we just went through I look back and I'm like I don't know how we did that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like the PTSD is real and yes. it's 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 just hard. It's a hard life. And I don't think I'll ever not have that feeling of, oh my God, what if it comes back? Um, or is he going to be okay? Or is he going to get a secondary cancer from all of this treatment that he's had, especially because, you know, not only did he have all the treatment from the first round, but then he had an additional year longer than most kids have because he relapsed. So, um, it's, it's scary and it's something that will be with us forever. Um, I hope that as the years go on, it gets easier. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and then, you know, he has a little sister at home and you can tell that it's greatly affected her as well. Like just her anxieties about things and really not wanting us to not be together as a family. Like she really struggles when we're not all together. Um, or if we have to go to the hospital for an unexpected visit because she's she doesn't know what that means. Are we going to be gone for a day? Are we going to be gone for a month? I mean, yeah. we spent a month in the hospital last year and that, you know, is really hard on her. And, and so it's just, there's, it's a lot. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you do what you got to do and we do what we do to survive. And he again, he's so amazing and, you know, helps us all get through this um, because of his, you know, amazing attitude and, and how well he handles everything. So he's the glue. He's yep. like the glue. He's a little glue there. And I know, Tara, <laughs> you have your kids as well, and they've had to, um, you know, deal with their own emotions as far as seeing their little cousin. So I'm sure that's also affected your family, your children as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I always try to look at I'm very much a glass um, half full person (laughs) and I'm also a very realistic person so we never shied away from allowing them to understand the brevity and the seriousness of the situation because I think it's very important for them to internalize that and understand what's going on and at the same time I think anytime you're deeply impacted like this with someone in the family I mean my children, I think the compassion and the empathy that this is, they've always been those types of kids, but I think this is just really brought that to light. And it was so cute when Joey was first diagnosed, Salvatore went onto Amazon and he bought the leukemia bracelets and he distributed it to like a bunch of his friends. And to this day, they still all wear those leukemia bracelets. So mm-hmm. I think Love it's just that. kind of cute how, you know, how they have their own how it's impactful um, to all of them and, you know, how it's affected their life as, as young kids kind of having someone close in the family. And, you know, my son, the one thing I've always asked my kids is like, just, if you do, just please don't get a tattoo. And so (laughs) (laughs) little sounds like, you know, mom, I think like I might get like a J or something on my wrist or just something small. And I'm like, okay, that's like the one thing that I can actually <laughs> deal with. <laughs> Permission granted. <laughs> um, but again, I think it just goes back to that 
you know, I think compassion and empathy. And, you know, I really think it taught them a lot. We went through a pandemic and, you know, Joey had leukemia. And as Jessica said, it keeps life in perspective. I mean, we have a roof over our heads. We have food on the table. What? I mean, honestly, I know that sounds very basic, but what more do you really need? You know, so, you know, everything is just, is just beautiful after that. So that's Mm -hmm. really how we try to look at life. I I think also sometimes when you go through these, um, the something this difficult or where there's, you know, life kind of deals you these cards and there's a lot of grief and a lot of struggle. Um, There's also this, (laughs) you develop this deep appreciation for simplicity, uh, family, and just your good health and, you know, just living life and, you don't need too much outside of that. So I agree with you on that end. But um, what I, other thing I wanted to just kind of say was, what's the next step for Joey? Like, what is the next step? We know he's going into kindergarten, which I can't wait to see what his uh, first day outfit's going to be. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm all about that that baseball cap to the side. <laughs> and his shades. I'm all about that look. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the coolest kid ever. Um <laughs> So um, I think I mentioned this before, but he's about nine months left of treatment of maintenance chemo. So hopefully we can just kind of move along in a good direction um, and get him to the end of treatment to ring that bell um, and celebrate, you know, him. And I mean, at that point, what, it'll be four and a half years that he's been in treatment. So, I mean, basically the majority, I mean, definitely the majority of his life. Um, So we're, you know, dealing with that and then um, hopefully, you know, keep moving forward on figuring out what is best for him in this new learning environment that he's going to be in and just, um, you know, moving forward in life and um, always advocating for him, always advocating for kids like him um, and, you know, hoping to to make whatever difference we can, either by sharing his story or fundraising or, you know, whatever it is we're doing at the time um, to, to bring awareness to to childhood cancer. Yeah, you are very active I, um, as far as like that is fundraising and bringing awareness. You're also working on a new project and um, I'm going to let you introduce it because this is actually really cool. Yeah, so um, we have decided to team with um, the hospital that he is um, getting treatment at Akron Children's Hospital and um, raise some money for the Showers um, Family Center for Blood Disorders and Childhood Cancer, um, which is the place that he is treated. Um, And we are also partnering with a local organization here called Inspire Unity to um, do like an online fundraiser. Um, and the website is inspire-unity.com. And basically we upload a picture of Joey and there's several spots within it that you can upload your own picture. So you can upload a business picture. You can upload a kid that has childhood cancer. You can upload a picture of your cat if you want to, whatever you want to. <laughs> and you pay for like little spots in there. Um, and you know, it's just like a really cool, easy way to get some awareness out there, raise some money, um, hopefully a good amount of money for the clinic that, you know, has given so much to us and has really given us a sense of 
family in in a way these past few years because mm-hmm. um, we see them more than we see anyone else <laughs> yes I have said the same thing they, they become your family yes. they really do and it's such a it's such a weird thing like now that we don't see them as much it's like I miss them but I don't miss them but I do I <laughs> Um, so, you know, we are just trying to, to do what we can. And, um, you know, this is the first time that we've tried to specifically raise money for the clinic, um, that has gotten Joey through all of this. So we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, of course we'll keep funding, fundraising for childhood cancer in general, but this goes to families like ours. It goes to patient and family support, as well as research that they're doing specifically here in Akron, um, which, you know, we're in Northeast Ohio. So hopefully making some, some bigger impacts there in our area. That's incredible. And of course, once this is, um, once this is live, then we'll, obviously we will share it and I'm sure we're going to help whatever, however we can with it. Cause such an incredible cause but um i just think um now that we've kind of talked just about you know his history where he is now what's going on in his life and how this affects you and your family um what would you really just like people to know about childhood cancer um i mean i think you know that it can happen to anyone you never think it can happen to you. You see these pictures of these kids and you think, oh, that's so sad. Um, but that, you know, it really, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. as to who or why ch- children get cancer. Um, so, I mean, I think that's a huge thing. Like just always know the signs and trust your gut. Um, you know, we had taken Joey to the doctor several times before I feel like anyone I don't want to say took us seriously because no one actually goes there, right? Like no one thinks, oh, mm-hmm. it's cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, something in me just said, like, what if he has cancer? What if this is something bigger than, than you know, what they're saying, this ear infection that they think it is or, or whatever? Um, so, you know, always trust your gut when it comes to your children. Um, and then, I mean, childhood cancer is is grossly underfunded. There's only 4% of the National Cancer Institute um, funding that goes toward childhood cancer. And that's for several types of, of, I mean, dozens of cancers. And then, I mean, so many different types of sub-cancers with, within those categories. Um, so it's just, you know, whatever we can do to spread the word and get that funding up is is important because, you know, as you've heard from these podcasts and what we've shared in Joey's experiences, it's not just one year of chemo and they're done or three years of chemo and they're done. It's literally something that will impact him the rest of his life. Um, And I think just bringing awareness to that is super important. Absolutely agreed. Um, But thank you, Jessica, for taking the time again to be here and to share Joey's journey and your family's journey with cancer. I mean, I think we can just, we're so honored to be part of this, um, having the platform to share uh, what is actually going on and maybe, you know, helping someone else uh, who might have 
the same situation going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, as always, it's just an honor uh, for me and I'm sure for Tara and everybody else in our company. Um, But thank you again. And for um, what I will do is include um, just some of those websites that we had in our initial podcast episode, Um, you know, just signs and symptoms to look out for, um, you know, and we'll just share all of that information. And then also just link our earlier episode for those who want to go back and kind of hear kind of the origin story of all of this. Um, But again, for our listeners, um, follow us on our socials at Wanderlux Destinations, and you'll get to see those cute little pictures of Joey and uh, (laughs) (laughs) our updates on him. And, um, and we're excited to announce this Joey project upon its launch. So don't forget to rate review and subscribe and thank you. Goodbye.